0: Quest presents a special pre-recorded presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to Heaven's Light on your Atlanta Catholic radio station, am 1160 the quest studio i'm steph Ike, and i'm joined in the studio today by carol tearsmith and phil johnson is in today for jack tyson we have rachel miller who's producing the show for us and on the phone we have father jim blunt with us from the society of our lady of the most holy trinity and you know, every hour is filled with great teaching and inspiration. And if you'd like to catch any of the previous episodes with Father Jim, remember they're available to listen to at thequestatlanta.com or on Quest, the Quest Atlanta app under Programs and Local. And this hour, we're going to be talking about hope and prayer. So, welcome, Father Jim.
2: Thank you, team. Thanks, welcome, to with you.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You know what we say, Father, all good things start in prayer. So would you lead us in an opening prayer?
2: Yes, I I want to lead us in a special novena prayer to Our Lady of Good Success. Her feast day is coming up on the 2nd of February, and uh, many people are doing her novena even right now. It's quite a beautiful prayer. It involves saying, The Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be three different times, and invoking the angels. So, you can offer this for any special intention that you might have, and we'll we'll begin that novena right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 And I pray in a special way for a complete end to all abortions in our country and throughout the world. The novena begins this way, Hail Mary, most holy, beloved daughter of God the Father, through the intercession of Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres, grant thy good success to this request. And of course, tell Our Lady now your quiet request. And now we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give Give us this day our daily bread, bread, and and forgive us our trespasses. trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us.
1: And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from
3: evil. Amen.
2: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity
4: now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
2: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
4: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end.
1: Amen.
2: And now we simply say, St. Michael, pray for us.
4: St. Michael, pray pray for for us.
2: Now the second stanza of this novena. Hail Mary Most Holy, Admirable Mother of God the Son, Through the intercession of Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres, grant thy good success to this request. And now tell Our Lady quietly your special intention. And now we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
4: Give us us this day our daily bread, and and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those
1: who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
2: Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
2: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall
4: be, world without end. Amen.
2: And now we simply say, St. Gabriel, pray for us.
4: St. Gabriel, pray for us.
2: And now the third part of this novena. Hail Mary, most holy most faithful spouse of the Holy Spirit, through the intercession of Mother Mariana de Jesus Torres, grant thy good success to this request. and we give her now quietly our own special intention? And now we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven.
4: Pray
1: for us sinners, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and in the hour of our death. Amen.
2: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
4: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end.
1: Amen.
2: And now we simply say, St. Raphael, pray for us.
4: St. Raphael, Raphael pray. pray for us.
2: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
4: Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: That's a powerful novena, isn't it?
4: It certainly a, is. It really is, Father. Yeah, when we talk about novenas, Father, you know, we have all, so many people have been praying since last summer. You know, we've been praying novenas and multiple rosaries each day and. And multiple hours of adoration each week, and we've done all this for our country. And the sense I'm getting right now that many people are feeling a little discouraged, and perhaps they're losing hope. I think maybe the the reality is we've been we put our hope in in man or human strength, and maybe not so much in God. So I don't know, Father. Do you have any words of encouragement um, ab- ab- about what a lot of people are feeling?
2: Yes, it. Um... Uh, I share with God's people some of that sentiment. I've certainly picked up on it. Uh, We're doing a little bit better here where I am, and that I, I belong to and help to lead a Catholic homeschooling community where we actually live together out in the woods outside of Covington. So there's a great strength, you see, in authentic Catholic community. There's a great strength. We actually live together and share together. And so we find here, you know, more hope. But I do see what's happening, especially with various visitors who come to pray with us, and with those who email me. And uh, what I want to get at, though, to cut to the quick, is that even as a priest, uh, I'm finding that my greatest source of strength and consolation is the celebration of Holy Eucharist, is the Mass itself. And that would be uh, maybe the clarion cry today in our show is to exhort everyone who's listening to get ye to Mass. And it's better to go every day if you can. Some may not be able to. But it's better to go more than just Sunday. Go every day if you can, remembering that the very first Catholics described in the Acts of the Apostles, the fifth book of the New Testament, they went to Mass daily, the first Christians, the first Catholics, and so did the Virgin Mary. And so daily Mass attendance really should not be seen as something like extraordinary or for the rare few, Actually, there's a move of the Holy Spirit to bring the whole Church and the whole world back to this, to make the whole world Catholic and make this new Catholic world Eucharistic. And so the Eucharist has always been the center of our faith. Even in the documents of Vatican Council, II. there are beautiful expressions of this, that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the life of the Church. And so if the devastation that we're going through right now is pretty horrific, especially to have a leader who calls himself Catholic, who's helped to preside over the slaughter of 65 million innocent children. He's been in public service for more than 45 years, I think it is, and has done absolutely nothing to stop the abortion. In fact, has been part of the promotion of the murder of unborn children and calls himself a devout Catholic. This is this is insanity is what it is. And so the abortion issue we'll get back to during this this show, I believe, because that's really also at the root of the problem is abortion. But the root of the answer is the blood of Christ. And we encounter that blood of Christ and we're inebriated with that blood of Christ at every Mass. And so I want to exhort everyone who's listening, if you're losing hope that you want to get to Mass frequently. And if there's no Mass at your local parish, go to the next parish over if you can. And attached to that is another word I want to share with our beautiful people. And that word, you could call it lingering, that God's people have to learn to linger at the Eucharist. That when we go to Holy Mass, to rush out of Mass, whether it's a Sunday Mass or a daily Mass, to rush out of Mass even before Father has said the final blessing is a kind of a travesty. And it reveals, it exposes that we don't really realize what we're doing and who we encountered. I mean, after all, if somebody of greatness was in our town, whoever that would be, a, a great, let's say, a man of God, a, a great politician, a great musician, we had a chance to be there, we would linger. We would get there two or three or four hours early to make sure we got a seat. And even after the star, or the, let's say it was Mother Teresa, even after she left, nobody would leave. You would stay there in the hall, you know, dazed by the beauty of what you just experienced. This should be our experience at every Mass. We should get there early to save a seat, knowing that the God who made Mother Teresa is there. And after receiving him, really, if truth be told, we should lay down on the floor prostrate right there in the church, weeping with gratitude for an hour after Mass. And what I'm getting at is we need to linger at Holy Eucharist. One of the best ways to do that, of course, is going to solemn adoration. But no one less than John Paul the Great, Pope St. John Paul the Great, stated categorically that no Catholic can really receive the graces of the Eucharist in the Mass itself. He says there's not enough time, he said, basically to digest what you just received. It's too much. It's overwhelming. And that's why John Paul would spend two hours in Eucharistic adoration every morning from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. before saying his Mass. And then have adoration later after Mass. In other words, we need to linger before and after Mass just to expand our capacity to receive the Holy One. It's God himself we are receiving. So all of this by way of saying, my beautiful team and our beautiful listeners, that the Eucharist has been, is, and always will be the source and summit of the Catholic faith, it has been, is, and always will be the answer. And the Lord, if nothing else, is calling us to a renewed and saintly devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, to the Holy Eucharist. There you will find the graces necessary to dry your tears and to fill you with hope, and even to give you and I the plan. God speaks to us in the Eucharist. In the silence of our hearts, God will give us His wisdom and guide us through each day. And so this would be my my first, um, I would say, answer to that question, a very important question. Where to find my broken hope? You find it in he who is hope incarnate in the Eucharist. All of us, I would say, priests and people alike, and are good religious, we should redouble. We should double our devotion to the Eucharist now. Take away everything else if you want, but don't you take away the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the source and summit of everything. Go to the church and pray. And I would mention just off off the hat that our chapel is available, too, here in Covington. We have a beautiful chapel, and we're having solemn adoration from 12 noon to 12 midnight, Monday through Saturday, six days in a row every week. We have solemn adoration from 12 noon until 12 midnight. And anyone of God's faithful are welcome to come join us in holy prayer. And even on Sunday, we have solemn adoration from 8 p.m. till midnight. So go where you can and worship the Lord. Linger with the Lord, because all of our pains are healed before the Eucharist. All of our sadness is transformed into joy. Our hopelessness becomes hope, and confusion becomes solitary, singular wisdom from God. The Eucharist is the ultimate key to everything, and when the great victory comes, and it's coming, when the great victory comes, the whole world will be Catholic, and the Catholic world will be Eucharistic. The Eucharist is the answer.
4: Wow, that's beautiful, Father. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is uh, perfect. Yeah.
2: We have to double our faith, guys. And perhaps this would help, team, to mention an author. Uh, this is a book that I have made use of since I was a teenager. And it's actually a set of books I would recommend to everyone who's listening. And the author is a saint. His name is St. Peter Julian Amard, one of the great saints of the Catholic Church, a contemporary of St. John Vianney. He was is actually called the Apostle of the Eucharist, St. John Vianney excuse me, St. Peter Julian Amard. And he has a set of books out that his fathers, he founded the Blessed Sacrament Fathers. He's the founder of that amazing community. And they have reprinted all of his teachings and his homilies about the Blessed Sacrament. So I'd recommend to anyone who's listening, if you were to increase your fervor for Jesus and your understanding of the Lord and the Eucharist, to see about purchasing any of his writings, there's actually a set. I think it's called the, the Amar Library, a Eucharistic Handbook, and he has a whole set of books. There's hundreds of homilies in every single one of these books about the Eucharist. There's nine volumes in it, and it's good to read like one of them every day, one of these passages, and perhaps we can do that on our next show, team. That I'll pull out one of my books. I keep one in my carry bag, and. We can read one of the teachings of St. Peter Julian Amard, and you and I can break it apart for God's holy people. Maybe our next show we can consider doing that. And I want to just call out that name to everyone, St. Peter Julian Amard. See if you can order one of his books or the whole library. You can buy the whole nine like little handbooks together as one set. Mm. Reading like that will increase your faith in Jesus, your love for him, and your knowledge of him. So that's a a good practical help. It's good to read something about the Blessed Sacrament from a saintly source, even daily. Good idea.
3: That's that's terrific, Father. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, You know, you mentioned adoration, the Eucharist, lingering in prayer. And Carol initially mentioned all the prayers, the millions of prayers, the millions of rosaries, novenas, that have been said for so long. It seems like things started around the beginning of the election season. Um, and we know that Jesus wants us to keep on praying from the heart, not only more, but in a deeper way. Exactly. Um, but, you know, some, maybe many, dare I say, are fighting discouragement. Um, so help us Understand how to pray now. We know that God hears our prayers, but can you talk to us about how we should pray?
2: Yes. Thank you, Phil. I mean, a good question, an important question. People are losing heart. Um, one scripture that comes to my mind as you're speaking is this one. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Rend your heart and not your garment." Because course, rin means to tear open. Uh, the, our ancient Jewish brothers and sisters had a, it was almost like, it was like a liturgical movement, where sometimes the great high priests and sometimes the people would rip their, their cloth, the robe they were wearing, as a sign, you might say, of compunction. And what happens, of course, in, with any sort of liturgical action, is that over time it can become routine. And that's precisely what happened to our ancient brothers and sisters of the Jewish faith. And so the Lord had to warn them, don't just rip your your garments. When you rip your garments, it's supposed to be a sign that you're ripping open your heart. And so what I'm getting at is that Catholic prayer must be deep and profound. And it's a shame that so many Christians don't know how to pray. And perhaps our leaders don't know how to pray, so they can't teach the people how to pray. But if nothing else, our prayer must have unction, if nothing else. As it can't just be from our lips. We have to feel what we're praying and pray what we feel. It has to be authentic and sincere. And so there is a call from the Holy Spirit to the whole church to rip open our hearts. Our hearts have become numb. And I certainly have noticed this as a priest, uh, saying Mass at different parishes uh, around the diocese, but also around the country and around the world because I have a traveling ministry, so I've had the opportunity to see God's people everywhere. And in many Sunday Masses, when you go up to the altar, the priest kisses the altar and begins the Mass, uh, you can actually cut it with a knife. The numbness of God's people, the numbness, N-U-M-B, numb. Their hearts and souls are not on fire, they're dreary. And it's partly because I truly believe that our people are intoxicated on the television and the computer. That they will watch television the computer five, six, eight hours a day. Even on Sunday morning before Mass, being entertained, you see, and titillated. And they come to Mass and so there's no electronics there, and people are bored to death. They're overstimulated by electronics and understimulated by the liturgy but what i'm getting at is that their their, their hearts are missing their hearts have been numbed by worldliness and so our good catholic people need to consider a couple of things first we need to limit our exposure to the electronics we have to limit that the television the ipad and the iphone we need to limit it even good men and women i would say even holy priests, can can be diluted by the constant stimulation of the electronic media, not even to mention the lies, some blatant and some subtle, that come to us. So our people have lost their hearts. Their hearts are gone. We have to find our hearts again. And I would say by that I mean stop the electronic media. If you, As much as possible, limit severely television watching And limit severely the use of electronic media like the iPad and the iPhone and then we have to have some sort of spirit I hate to say this because our our modern-day people we don't like to suffer we like pleasure we like comfort we like a false peacefulness you see but we need a spirit of sacrifice we need more silence in our lives So we can recover the authentic self, you might say, the real person. And we can begin reaching the deepest part of our being, giving that to God. Right now it's inaccessible to most of us because we're already intoxicated, you might say. We need to get rid of the intoxicating elements, get back to the raw data of who we are, and open that up before God. Another holy word is stillness. We need more stillness. And so, in our prayers, if they are deep and heartfelt, we will begin to feel God. God will make His entrance. It's a sacred promise from sacred scripture. God will come. But we have to get down to the, you might say, brass tacks, get down to who we really are inside not who we imagine ourselves to be, and give that to God, open up our hearts with the deepest possible longing. Nothing on the television is going to fulfill you and I, ultimately. Only the living presence of the Son of God reigning inside of our hearts for real, only that will satisfy us. That inside of our heart is a throne, and we need to clean that throne off and maybe get off of the throne if we're sitting on it, and let Jesus Christ enter our hearts, sit on the throne, and rule us. We're talking about a deep, personal, face-to-face relationship with Jesus Christ, the one mediator between God and man. And so what's happening, I believe, is our prayer has been, for many of us, too superficial. And we tend to be impatient with ourselves, with others, and now with God, impatient. The the key, I think, is to get back to simplicity. And our Holy Mother has prophesied through several prophets, some approved and known, some more quiet and unknown, but she has prophesied that she's going to return the whole human race to a much simpler way of life. Let's get a head start on that right now, so we're not too surprised. Let's simplify our lives, limit all electronic interference in our lives, and begin speaking to God from the heart. And let me just add this caveat to everyone who's listening. We should be really honest with God. We don't need to be pretty with God. God desires, he's the God of reality, and he wants our prayers to be real. And so, for instance, I remember a few times in my life uh, having terrible moments, and I, w- I would say to God, Lord, I just want to die. I don't want to live. I remember having those experiences even as a priest when things get so, so difficult. And God answered me immediately. I notice when I'm honest with God, God is honest with me. If I play games with God, you might say God will back off. But if I'm real with God, God is real with me. And so the place to begin is sincere prayer. Deep prayer from the heart, but don't pretty it up. Be honest with God. Lord, I'm, I'm being driven crazy by this family member. They're driving me crazy. Don't pretty it up. Tell the Lord exactly what you feel and how you feel. That's what it means, the Bible, when it says, rend your heart not your garment. Open up your heart. Let God in. Don't pretty it up. Lord, maybe I'm having a sexual temptation that's not good. Lord, I'm having a terrible sexual temptation. I know it's not right. I yield it to you. Come in and heal me. We have to be real with God in our prayer. We can't play with God. But when we are real, then the real God comes. And he answers almost immediately, he'll come in and comfort you and I and protect us. We need to get back to real prayer from our real hearts and stop all that is artificial. Amen?
1: Amen. Amen. Wow, that was fabulous. I'm taking lots of notes today. All right, friends, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more from Father Jim Blunt, so stay tuned.
3: The Quest presents
0: mom minutes with cameron frad from among the lilies
1: sometimes as a mom i
0: think that we think we need to have it all together and we need to show our kids that we have it all together but i don't think that's true i think one of the greatest things we can do with our children is tell them when we mess up tell them like you know what mommy made a mistake here and i'm very sorry i did something that was not okay and i shouldn't have done it i do it when i lose my temper with my children and i say please forgive me for losing my temper and my children say mom i forgive you Teaching your child to admit when they've been wrong and asking for forgiveness is huge. I encourage you to use this language with your children. Model it. Show it. My husband and I say it to each other. We say it to our kids. When we do something wrong, we don't say, oh, well, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Or just sorry. It's please forgive me. And then receiving that and saying, I forgive you. I love you. You don't have to be perfect as a mom. Be real. Be honest. Seek forgiveness when you make mistakes. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue.
3: Defining moments, we all have them. Bill Hanslick shared his with me that led to playing in the NBA, the most difficult moment when he was let go from his dream job
2: as NBA coach and where he is today, which is the happiest place of his career, running a nonprofit. Bill didn't see it at the time, but now looking back, he admits none of it would have happened without God. This can happen to us as well. Have you looked back lately? Have you identified your defining moments? Without recognizing God in the past, it's hard to trust Him in the present. If we want to grow in the virtue of faith, it's essential to practice trusting God. The more we trust God, the more we say yes to Him with our mind and our will, and the more we grow in faith and live the good life on the path to heaven. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
1: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Heaven's Light, and we're broadcasting live from the AM 1160 Quest Studio this hour. I'm Steph Eich, and I'm joined in the studio today by Carol Tearsmith, Phil Johnson, and Rachel Miller at the board. And joining us on the phone is Father Jim Blunt, and we are talking about hope and prayer this hour. And, Father, I think I have a good question for you. While we were on break, I was thinking about something that came to me just the, the idea of having the grace of healing, that sort of just came to my mind. And I'm just wondering, you know, how would you finish that phrase if I said, you know, the grace of healing happens when, if someone asked you that, how would you finish that? Like, the grace of healing happens when, what?
2: Wow. <clears throat> <laughs> was a very wise, prescient question. Um, there's several, I think, answers that could be given that probably on the rather the deep side, but a biblical answer would be this. Uh, healing happens when faith is present, that we have to have holy faith. And this is another, um, you might say, aspect of Holy Mother Church that really needs to be renewed utterly in the whole church from the top down is that we are a people of faith, but when you work with God's people, uh, you see that it's truer to say in the Church today, we are a people of doubt, mm-hmm. not a people of faith, we're a people of doubt, and that many Catholics are even skeptical about the basic tenets of our own holy Catholic faith. And it's rather frightening, really, some of the scientific surveys that have been taken, like. of all Catholics in the United States of America do not believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, Mm. which is the rock-solid foundation of our faith. It's biblical as well, and many other such doctrines are called into question, like even purgatory. Some don't believe in purgatory. Some don't believe in the infallibility of the Church in certain areas of faith and morals. But there's a lack of certitude, and... For a healing of this particular problem, in order to have healing, we need to have faith. The problem is we don't even have faith right now. We don't have apostolic faith. The faith of the apostles, where these men were burning on fire with love for God, the Holy Trinity, Mm -hmm. so much so they're willing to die for God at any moment. We want to begin praying for that kind of faith. And I would offer this as a simple solution It's been a breath of fresh air in my life, and it has worked powerfully, and that is to begin praying and asking God to give me the gift of Mary's faith, to ask the Virgin Mother herself that she would give to me the faith that she had in the Eucharist, the faith that she had in the Apostles, the faith she had in the Gospel. Begin praying for that holy grace of Mary's faith herself to live inside of us. Amen?
4: Amen. Amen.
2: And that's probably why this era, this, you might say these, uh, getting close to the final eras of the Church now, they've been entrusted to the Virgin Mary. See, like when the sun doesn't shine in the middle of the night, in the darkness of the night, it's really the moon, the light of the moon that will sometimes save you. And so now that the sun, you might say, has been dimmed, the moon is Mary. The sun is Jesus. Now that he's been dimmed in many places, the moon herself can begin to shine the moon, as we know, just reflects the light of the sun. Is all it's doing. The sun's on the other side of the world, and the moon's reflecting that light. And so the Holy Mother herself can give us these graces at this very difficult time. This is Mary's time. So it's very apropos to pray for Mary's faith at this time. So that would be perhaps the first answer, praying for healing. What do we pray for? First of all, we have faith. and Sometimes even our faith itself has to be healed. Amen. 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 Yeah. Shall I share anything more about that, beloved? Anything else you want to? Shall I expand on that a little bit more?
1: Well, I think I think we have a question a little bit later on about about Mary and Mary's faith. So I, I think that was pretty good,
2: actually. Okie doke. I hear my alarm going off. That's my divine mercy alarm, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. All of is coming through. Let me <laughs> see if I can get and turn this off. There we go. Okay. Just the, it rings at the hour of mercy, and I we ask Jesus now, we ask the Father, through the death of his son Jesus on the cross, to bring the triumph of Our Lady to the human race as soon as possible. He said, the Lord said, ask for anything you want at the holy hour of 3 o'clock, and he will grant whatever you ask for. We ask for the great triumph to come. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed.
3: Now, Father, it's... It's somewhat hard to believe some of the things going on around us. And admittedly, at least for me personally, a lot of information I get is electronically. But that's going (laughs) to stop. You know, so much we don't understand and we just can't logically reason it out. And and it's dark. Um, But we have faith and we know that God's not done with us yet and the world as it is yet right? Is he?
2: No. um, This is, you know, a great, you might say, innovation of the Catholic faith, the Christian faith. Many of us may not be aware that in ancient cultures, that they they saw the history of the world in a cyclical manner. And that's still prevalent in many um, Asian religions. They see all of life and world history just as a cycle of endless repetition. But with the birth of the God-man at Bethlehem, it it began to be revealed to the world that life is not so much cyclical, it's also linear. In other words, there is a beginning and an end to history. There is such a thing as history, that life began at a certain moment and will end at a certain moment. Both our individual lives, the life of our nation and our church, the life of the world. So there's a beginning and an end. And that speaks of what? It speaks of purpose, of meaningfulness. There is a reason why God made the world, and its purposes will be accomplished. History is moving, you might say, in a particular direction. And, of course, we see that hinted at in the very word history, if you break it into his story. (laughs) History is his story. God is in charge The devil is attacking us, it's true, massively right now. And God would allow these kinds of attacks really to test, you might say, and to purify his people. We will come through this battle as a church. And God now is dealing with us, you might say, on a worldwide level, on a corporate level, that we need to begin moving and breathing and praying as a church. But we've had this experience before all of us, or at least most of us, where we've had in our own personal lives terrible, you might say, trials or tragedies. And sometimes so difficult that you don't even want to get out of the bed in the morning. And we've had to learn how to cope and deal with these issues. And, thanks be to God, sometimes conquer them utterly and completely. And this is true, too, for the church. We've seen that, for instance, in the church in Poland, where in Poland herself, you know, Poland actually disappeared from the face of the earth during World War II. It was completely divided up by her enemies. Poland actually disappeared as a nation for a short while. That poor people had been persecuted more than any other people in the history of the world, it appears. They actually disappeared, and by some miracle they came back. And we see emerging from Poland, after their suffering and their martyrdom, what comes from Poland? Well, some of the greatest saints in the history of the world, especially John Paul the Great and St. Faustina and St. Maximilian Kolbe, mm-hmm. all three living at the same time and teaching the world the efficacy, the power of divine mercy. Here, so here's an example of part of the Church in one country dying and coming back to life, actually resurrected. This now, beloved, is happening on a worldwide level. What happened to Poland during the middle of the 20th century is now happening, you might say, to the whole Church, to the whole world. We are, in a sense, dying, almost disappearing. Rationality is disappearing, you see. Sanity is disappearing. Um, You might say charity is disappearing on the face of the earth, and faith with so many poor people is disappearing. So now, as a worldwide community, we are dying. And just as Poland rose again, the Church will rise again. And the saints tell us that when the Church rises again after this last and greatest, you might say, struggle, and this is actually noted in the New Catechism of the Catholic Church, that the Church herself has to go through this terrible struggle of dying, we will rise up in the greatest splendor in all of world history. The Church will be renewed like never before. And perhaps the deep underlying message we are to learn is this, only God is life, and only God can resurrect life. All of our own efforts without God will amount to nothing. That all of life comes from God, and all of life belongs to God. And that this this lesson here, perhaps, is this, is that we have to quit relying on our own intelligence and our own strength. And... All of us must rely completely and only on God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the prayers of His Most Holy Mother, that God alone can save us. In fact, you might say that is the definition of life. What is life as a Christian? Life is God. Life is God. God Himself is life, and only He can save life, and He will and so now we're learning this as a community on a worldwide level that the world is dying because she's abandoned God, but God will not abandon her. And only God can revive the church and revive the world, and he will. So I say to all the children of the church now listening, ask Mary for her faith. Find your faith again. But let your faith be only in God, not two-thirds, not three-quarters, and only in God is our soul at rest. Only in God do we have joy. Only in God is life. God himself will rescue the world. And the human heart must get rid of all idols and let God alone, through his son Jesus, sit on the throne. Amen? Amen. Amen. Only wow. God. Only God. Mm. Only God.
4: Yeah, Father, you've touched on it a couple of times, talking about the Blessed Mother's beautiful faith and uh we we all know that we we are we are to use the blessed mother's life as an example of how to live and i know that um she, her way is the way to peace the way she lives and so we often um hear that we're called to live in the immaculate heart of mary and can you talk to us about how we do that
2: yes um this is a very a beautiful question, a very delicate question, you might say. And I find it kind of, you know, funny that God has entrusted this most traumatic, you know, disturbing of ages to the most tranquil creature in the universe, His Holy Mother. You could say, like, the most ugly of ages to the most beautiful of creatures, Mary, His Mother. The most violent of ages to the most loving of creatures, Mary, His Mother. It's almost like God is saying, "Um, this is the answer. All that you've done is anti-God, but this is what I ask of you. Look at my mother. This is what I want you to be. Mary's totally tranquil, utterly peaceful, filled with love, but dependent on God alone, on God alone. And you see in Mary the fruit of godliness. This is what God intends for the human race. Mary is the blueprint of the human race. Mary is God's plan. She's His plan for history and for the human race. What? To be peaceful, pure, beautiful, loving, spotless. To live in love with God. So, one of the saints said that what Mary was in the beginning, we shall be in the end. In the beginning, she was immaculate. She was kept free from all sin, and sin basically is self-will. What Mary was and is, we shall become. And so Mary, you see, she is the plan, and therefore she should be the goal. We need to become like Mary. And so the easiest way to do that, though, is not try to do it from afar, by like studying a textbook. Studying can be important, but what God tells us, what St. Louis de Montfort tells us, is let's... Enter the heart of Mary. Let Mary herself teach us. So entering the heart of Mary, we're entering the very blueprint. We're entering the plan for the human race. Entering her heart. It makes it a little bit easier. We're talking about relationship. To have a relationship with Mary. To have a relationship with the perfect one. You might say God's perfect creature. Because we become, right, like the company we keep. We become like our company. No doubt about that. Depending on who we spend time with, our friends or our enemies, they tend to mold us in their own image. If we spend time with Mary and spend time in the heart of the Virgin Mary, lo and behold, like a whiff of the Holy Spirit, we begin loving what Mary loved believing as Mary believed, trusting as she trusted. It's amazing. Mary's qualities and virtues, almost by osmosis, enter into our own hearts and our own souls. And so it's kind of like a shortcut to sanctity. Look at Mary, imitate her, but better yet, enter Mary's immaculate heart like the Ark of the New Covenant, like an ark. Enter into her heart, and there be submerged and surrounded by her glory and by her beauty. You will naturally become like Mary, and those is not that hard. And that's why he said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." It's not that hard. It is hard simply studying. Yes, we should study about Mary, but enter her heart with an act of consecration, and as John Paul did, renew the consecration every day. Here's a prayer team I'm going to say for you. It's the one written by St. Louis de Montfort, and it's the central, the central part of the consecration. There's two paragraphs in the center of this holy consecration that he wrote to us, and these John Paul would do every day. So I've learned from him as a teenager to do that myself every day, to renew that consecration. And here is what John Paul would say every morning. It's good for you and I to renew our consecration every day. It goes something like this. I, Father Jim, a faithless sinner, wish to renew and ratify today in thy hands, O Immaculate Mother Mary, the vows of my baptism. I renounce forever Satan, his palms and his works, and give myself entirely to Jesus Christ, the incarnate wisdom, to carry my cross after him all the days of my life, and to be more faithful to him than I have ever been before. Therefore, in the presence of all the angels and saints, I choose you this day to be my mother and my queen. I turn over to you as your possession my body and my soul, my goods both interior and exterior, and even the value of all my good actions past, present, and future, leaving to you, dear mother, the full and complete right dispose of me and all that belongs to me, to the glory of God, both in time and in eternity. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 I think we should probably put that on our website, too. That was, <laughs> that was a good one. We should have that for everyone. Thank you, Father, for that. It's beautiful.
2: You're welcome. It's a good consecration to do every morning, all of us who are listening, to renew our devotion to Mary. Really like re-entering her heart every day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we've got probably, I'm guessing, Rachel, five or six minutes left, and uh, we have a couple of things we could talk about and throw it out to you to, to see if something comes to you. I know we had some clues that you said we have in today's gospel that maybe you can share with us, and we also know that it's the Feast of St. Timothy and St. Titus. Would you like to tell us anything about them or share something about the gospel today to help close the show?
2: It was, um, cause we study the, the scriptures every morning, I guess most priests do, before Holy Mass, to get ready our thoughts and perhaps our homilies. And I was thinking of, of the show, our Quest Radio show, too, as I was preparing for the Holy Mass. And the Gospel today, kind of interesting, the Gospel for the Feast of St. Timothy and St. Titus, which happens to fall on this day, is from Mark chapter 3. And what's interesting is the very first line of today's gospel, in a way, it contains everything we need to know how to respond to the present-day crisis. The first line of today's gospel from Mark chapter 3, it says this, The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. I was thinking, my goodness, everything is there. That's everything we need. In the Gospel of today's Mass, because it's thinking about where the Lord said, Who are my mother and my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father, that's my brother, my sister, my mother. That's the Gospel we're talking about. But it begins with those those intriguing words. The mother of Jesus and his brothers arrived at the house. What is there? Well, first, we just said the mother of Jesus is part of the Gospel. She is an integral part of the gospel, and she really is the exemplar of what it means to live the gospel. And so there is the first part of the answer. Everyone who's listening, even if you're not Catholic, give your love to Mary. Enter the heart of Mary. Let her be your mother. Jesus is your brother, so Mary is your mother. And so there's an answer, the mother of Jesus is essential, Especially in a time where you might say coldness is taking over, where pride is and hatred is taking over, we need someone who's humble and loving, the heart of a mother. And so the mother is the first part of the answer, and then it says and his brothers. That speaks of community. The mother is and his brothers. That the second part of the answer to everyone who's listening is you you and I need to have community. We have to find other like-minded disciples. As those who are sold out for Jesus, or at least who are trying to be sold out for Jesus, we need the fellowship of the disciples. Maybe at the Daily Mass, maybe in some prayer group you join, we need community. We strengthen one another. The Bible says, brother sharpeneth brother, as sword sharpens sword. It's absolutely essential to have other like-minded brothers and sisters around us, to fortify us and confirm us in the truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then the third part, it says, the mother of Jesus and his brothers, what? Arrive at the house. What is the house? The house of the church is the place where the Eucharist is kept. Mary and the brothers got together at the house of God. The house we need to have a house we need to have a place where we encounter jesus himself who was in that house jesus was in the house teaching and so with mary and with our brothers and sisters we need to go to the house of god and there be fed by jesus himself amen amen amen
1: wow what a show
2: there in the one simple line of today's gospel (laughs) yeah the mother And the brothers of Jesus went to the house. There's everything. Live in the heart of Mary. Surround yourself with like-minded, God-loving believers, and go to the house together. There to worship Jesus, to be taught by Jesus, and there to feed on the bread of life. Right there is everything. Mm -hmm.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, gosh, we got some great gems today, Father. Thank you for that. Uh, unfortunately, our hour is coming to a close, and we are so grateful to Father Jim Blunt from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity for joining us today. Thank you, Father. Sure. Um, if you didn't catch the whole interview today with Father Jim, it'll be available on the Quest Atlanta app and online at thequestatlanta.com later today or tomorrow. Uh, so, Father, to close out this hour, could you lead us in a prayer and maybe give us your blessing to everyone who's listening today?
2: Sure. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a scripture verse from Psalm 85 to give our people hope, and then say a little prayer to St. Joseph, since this is the year of St. Joseph. Awesome. Here's a beautiful psalm that should give our people hope from Psalm 85. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And team, why don't you say this after me line by line? Okay. O oh Lord, you once favored your land.
1: O oh Lord, you once favored
2: your land. You revived the fortunes of Jacob.
1: You revived the fortunes of Jacob.
2: You forgave the guilt of your people. You forgave the guilt of your people. And covered all their sins.
1: And covered all their sins.
2: You averted all your rage. You averted all your rage. You calmed the heat of your anger. You calmed the heat of your anger. Revive us now, God our helper.
1: Revive us now, God our helper.
2: Put an end to your grievance against us.
1: Put an end to your grievance against us.
2: Will you be angry with us forever?
1: Will you be angry with us forever?
2: Will your anger never cease?
1: Will your anger never
2: cease? Will you not restore again our life?
1: Will you not restore again our life?
2: That your people may rejoice in you? That your people may rejoice in you? Let us see O Lord your mercy.
1: Let us see O Lord your
2: mercy. And give us your saving help.
1: And give us your saving help.
2: His help is near for those who fear him.
1: His help is near for those who fear him.
2: And his glory will dwell in our land.
1: And his glory will dwell in our land.
2: Peace shall follow in his steps.
1: Peace shall follow in his steps.
2: Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: And now a special prayer, a short prayer of a consecration to Saint Joseph. O oh, my beloved Saint Joseph, adopt me as thy child, take care of my salvation, Watch over me day and night. Preserve me from the occasion of sin. Obtain for me purity of soul and body. Through thy intercession with Jesus, grant me a spirit of sacrifice, of humility and self-denial, a burning love for Jesus in the blessed sacrament, and a sweet, tender love for Mary, my mother. Saint Joseph, be with me living, living, Be with me dying, and obtain for me a favorable judgment from Jesus, my merciful Savior. Amen. 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 The Lord be with you.
1: And with With your spirit.
2: spirit. May the beautiful God bless you and bring everyone listening to eternal salvation. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Father. And thank you to all of you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic radio station, AM 1160 The Quest. Stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up next.